What is up you guys? It's your girl Cece and welcome back to another episode of 21st Century Cripple. I hope you guys are taking care of yourself this week given that it is a crazy unprecedented time in America as we are essentially in limbo right now and don't even know who our president is. Um, just waiting on these ballots to be counted. Um, he's trying to stop the counting but we are going to count every single ballot and um, just try to have faith and be positive in these weird weird awful disaster movie like times um but with that being said today's episode i want to talk about disability issues because it is an election year and people seem to more open to be talking about um you know social issues and things like that because it is an election year but i'm here just to express my frustration honestly um how i don't understand how disability issues aren't at the forefront of every civil rights conversation that happens in this country disabled individuals are the most marginalized group in the united states of america yet we are ignored glossed over overgeneralized, and you know we're heard in whispers and i'm sick and tired of it because we are the largest minority marginalized group in this country we have a voice it's loud and it needs to be heard and this is the time to hear it (laughs) so um disabled the ignored majority welcome back to 21st century cripple sorry i kept y'all waiting and let's get right into this What is up, you guys? I'm so happy to be back with you. I finally found a couple of spare hours to record, given my crazy school schedule. Um, And right after I get off this recording, I have to finish an eight-page paper I have due. But it's all in the name of grad school, and this is what I signed up for, so yay um but it's a little hard to focus this week given everything that's going on we literally still don't know who our president is i did not know that it was possible to count this slow um but i seem i'm surprised but i'm not surprised because it seems like this man will do everything possible to create delays and make it uncomfortable and weird while we wait for these results for this election but i'm trying to stay positive and trying to remain positive that ugliness and ignorance does not win, even though it definitely did show its ass in this election because the ignorance came out to play, baby. They came out to play in numbers. But I believe in the power of good, and um, as corny as that sounds, um, people really did show to vote, and I really do believe in that. But we are just going to have to see... um, Hopefully this election is making people become more politically aware that every single um, election counts, not just the presidential, but the primaries, Um, the primary, you know, presidential, you know, when we're choosing our presidential candidates, those are the, um, the votes that matter. Because if you don't like the candidates, you should have been paying attention earlier in the year. But I hope it's just making everybody politically aware that we do need to be paying attention to everything that's happening politically in the country because it does matter. Um, And specifically with all of these, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the country right now and everybody's talking about women's rights, Black Lives Matter, um, LGBTQ rights, I always wonder and always have questioned myself why disabled individuals aren't spoken about more 
loudly, more proudly, and in the front of every single civil rights conversation that there is. Um, you might say like, oh, what are disability rights? It's just healthcare. No, disability rights are employment rights, um, benefits, long-term care, education, accessibility, um, being able to make it to work without being discriminated against, being able to receive care from the government. Um, and I will go on a tangent about this a little later in the episode about how people that are relying on SSI and things like that, we are so limited and structured and tied down on how much money we can make and what we can even do with our lives that I would hesitate to even call it care. Um, we receive bottom of the barrel medical care. A lot of the times, um, if you have cerebral palsy like myself, um, it's like a winner take game, whether you can even find care in your state that cares for adults with cerebral palsy because for some reason there are children orthopedic doctors but as soon as you reach 18 they seem to all disappear and adult orthopedic doctors seem to be puzzled on how to deal with your disability as an adult. Um, That doesn't apply to me personally because I go to um, well at the moment it does because I'm uninsured right now but Um, I grew up in Central Texas, so I actually grew up around one of the best orthopedic hospitals to be around if you do have an orthopedic issue, which is Scott and White Hospital. But it wasn't until I left Texas that I realized how minimal um, disability care is and how um, extensive the search is if you do have a specific need for your disability and you can get that because there's doctors that don't specialize in your disability or they're just going to overgeneralize your symptoms. Like I know for me, um, sometimes I have really, really bad and painful spasms um, in my legs and doctors generally don't know what to do. And I remember a couple of times um, in my early years, you know, teenage years, I had to go to the emergency room because the pain was that bad. But doctors literally don't know what to do with me because I'm so case specific that they just threw medication at me and hope that it would help. But I'm getting a little bit off on a medical tangent right now. But um, when I say disability needs are, you know, simple, basic human needs, it's right to employment, it's right to job security, it's the right to have a home, It's a right to have long-term care because a lot of times, especially with physical disabilities, as you age, they tend to get worse or your disability, you know, from year to year changes. I know having cerebral palsy, I feel like one year will be a good year for me. And then the next year, you know, the pain is unbearable and my body is doing things that it's never done before. Um, So healthcare is obvious, is the most obvious um, to me. Uh, need for disabled individuals, but as we know, healthcare in this country is an absolute shit show. And if you are low income or lower to middle income, you most likely are relying on SSI or Medicaid for your insurance. And when you are relying on things like that, they literally put a cap on the amount of money that you're allowed to make. They put a cap on the allowed of on the amount of hours that you are allowed to work, and they. Because we are on Medicaid and because insurance companies and medical companies are greedy, a lot of companies don't even cater to Medicaid. So even if you have Medicaid, you know, depending on where you live, um, they might not even service you. 
Um, I, I ran into this problem when I was in college. I was living in San Marcos for about five years. And every anytime I would get sick, I would have to go to the emergency room. And y'all know how high those emergency room bills are. But there were like five, at least five urgent cares and, you know, things like that. Those little mini emergency rooms. But I couldn't go to them because they literally would turn me away because I don't have the kind of insurance that they accept in those places. So I would have to go to the emergency room to get seen because they can't turn you away when you go to the emergency room. Um, I shouldn't have to go through those pitfalls and I shouldn't have to put myself in debt because there, there literally are facilities that could help me, but they're refusing to help me because I don't have the insurance that they cater to. Um, Affordable wages is a disability issue because a lot of us are being hired at below minimum wage or right at minimum wage. We don't get, um, because we're discriminated against when we're even filling out our job applications, um, how are we supposed to get ahead? Um, people can say like, oh, you know, you're not discriminated against. They ask you if you're disabled so they can make accommodations for you. That is not true and don't believe it. I have had counselors, actual people in the field. Um, when I say counselor, I mean like vocational counselor um, type. But tell me that when you submit a job application, a lot of times if you oh, if you say that you're disabled, the machine, because a lot of times people aren't looking at our job applications, they're electronic. So if you check the little box that you're disabled, a lot of times the computer is going to override your job application to begin with. How is that not ableist? How is that not discrimination built within the system itself? Just because we're disabled does not mean that we are worth our capital is worth anything because, you know, we may or may not be able to provide the service that a company deems acceptable. Um, that is another big issue in this country that healthcare seems to be directly tied to employment. And if you are disabled and you can only work part time, or they will take away your benefits, your food stamps, your social security, your Medicaid, if you work over part time. How are you supposed to make it in this country? But America loves to send the message that our value is tied on our capital and our value is only relevant to how much money we can make a company. Um, housing is nearly impossible to afford if you are on SSI and you can't afford a part-time job or have other um, avenues of income because to live in Section 8, you have to make a certain amount of money, yes, but they keep you there. They literally have to have access to your bank accounts and you're not allowed to have over $2,000 in your bank account or they will actually actively kick you out of these places. So again, tell me how that is not ableist within itself that they're trying to keep you down and broke and without any money at all to receive any kind of government help. That is kind of the boat that I'm in, 25 years old. I'm unemployed at the moment, and I'm going to grad school. Um, so I'm just kind of winging it out here in the world. But it is because after I graduated high, um, after I graduated college, I had a job. I had a real job, um, and I was going to that hoe every week, y'all. And I was taking Ubers to get there, putting myself in debt just to get to this job. Social Security took away my medical benefits, they took away my food stamps, and they took away uh, my Social Security altogether because I had a part-time job working less than 
40 hours a week, um, took away every single benefit, if you want to call it that, that I received from the government. And how are we, how are we expected to live? How are we expected to survive? Um, I don't understand how a simple check of $777 is supposed to help anybody survive in this country. You can't make rent anywhere in the United States with $777 and still be able to pay your water bill, your electricity bill, your heat or gas bill, your phone bill. These things are essential to disabled individuals because we need transportation, transportation. We need heat. We need electricity because we need some of us may need, you know, electronical systems to help us get along. We need to be able to call our families if we fall and things like that. Why it why are we put in a pigeonhole? So if we get a job, we get our benefits taken away. But if we have a job, we can only work part time and then we're not entitled to employ and we're not entitled to um, employment health care because those are only acceptable to full-time employees. So where does that leave disabled individuals? It literally sends the message that disabled people are only only as valuable as the money that they can put up. Um, if you are on SSDI, you can only make a an amount of $1,100 a month, and even that is about $500 more than being on SSI, and that's still barely affordable for anybody to live. Let you know whether you're disabled or not. It's getting hard to survive off of a thousand dollars a month. But put yourself in our shoes as disabled Americans. How are we supposed to make it? They literally pigeonhole us. If you are on SSI, they literally watch your bank account. You're not allowed to have more than two thousand dollars in the bank account, or they will snatch your benefits from you. No question. How $2,000 is not even chump change. That's not even spending money. That's a little cushion should anything happen. Um, and we're not even allowed to have that in the bank at all, period. Not month to month, period, at all. So how are we supposed to save? It's a system designed to keep us broke and keep us down so we can't get there. Um, I find myself constantly feeling like I have to explain myself because I consider myself to be well-educated. Um, I consider myself to be driven and well-spoken, but I'm still broke, unemployed, and uninsured. But that's because I cannot get ahead. I'm being discriminated against. I can't get hired anywhere. Um, I'm not allowed to make money because the government is telling me how much money I can and can't make. Um you know, I can't afford housing. A lot of houses, housing is inaccessible to me anyways. Like how, where am I supposed to get ahead? Can somebody please throw me a bone and, and let me know? And also, there are 61 million Americans in this country that have a disability. And when you factor in mental disabilities, when you factor in cognitive disabilities, I, I guarantee you, the, and that number is going to rise. When you factor in age-related disabilities and disabilities that get worse with age, that number is far more, far more than 61 million, far more than 20% of America. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people aren't fighting harder for the disabled community. We are, we are people. We, well, are you guys saying we don't deserve to have wages? We don't deserve to have jobs. We don't deserve to be hired and live a comfortable life. Um, one thing that I hear 
probably every election cycle, but I'm only 25. So I've only been, you know, aware of politics like this for, you know, maybe the past 10, eight years, maybe. But um, one thing I constantly hear is that if you're a Democrat and, you know, you support food stamps and like that, you're you're lazy and you just support living off of the government. That has always bothered me when people say that because I'm like, you realize you're talking up to and about me, right? I rely on the government for SSI. I rely on the government for food stamps because the government makes it so that I'm unemployable. It makes it so that when I fill out job applications, I'm going to be discriminated against just by saying that I have cerebral palsy. Um, and I just don't don't see how we're supposed to beat a system that was never designed for us to succeed in the first place. Um, hiring, it all comes down to HR. If you don't have people in HR, if you don't have people that, that are hiring aware that you know, they're disabled people in the world and they need a job. It shouldn't have to be said and not sad that I have to say it. But they're not going to be aware that maybe they could get a job to a disabled individual or maybe they should be opening their company up more to hiring disabled individuals. It shouldn't be made a point before you hire disabled individuals. It should be innate, but it's not. And um, I know a lot of people will tell me, well, oh, well, you, um, disabled people have the ADA. The ADA is a, by the way, it wasn't even passed until 1990. Keep that in mind. Um, but the ADA is a very overgeneralized law that is very minimal and doesn't give a whole lot of rights in a whole lot of places. And basically, up until 1990, when ADA was passed, it wasn't illegal or wrong in the eyes of the law in any way to deny service to a disabled individual to refuse to make your buildings and um, housing and restaurants and etc. accessible. So before 1990, it was completely legal to be actively discriminatory against disabled individuals. And the ADA, although I am grateful for it in some aspects, that's the reason why we have lifts on buses. That's the reason why we have special needs classrooms, if you will. Um, that's the reason we have ramps in some buildings, um, elevators in some buildings, but none of those would be possible without the ADA. Um, but there is much more work to be done. Um, the ADA applies to state and local government. It does not apply to the federal government. So um, disabled care and disabled rights are largely left up to the power of the states, um, which is very problematic because if I can receive care in Texas, it won't be the same care and mandate that I would receive in California or Missouri or New York. Um, under ADA, not every building needs to be accessible. So if you say not every building, that's going to that's gonna be like a child when you tell them not to take every single cookie. They're going to take every cookie but the last one. Um, you're basically telling these, these corporations and businesses, well, not every building has to be accessible, so you can pick and choose which one and where. Um, the ADA does not require that Braille in restaurants, um, that automatically leaves out an entire community of blind individuals that could be independent and order on, like, 
for themselves and have that sense of, you know, uh, independence. And um, Braille seems like an easy, accessible thing, but it's not. It's not required. So most of the time, it's not seen anywhere. The ADA does not protect your housing. So nowhere in the ADA does it say that housings, housing complexes, excuse me, and part apartment complex complexes, excuse me, you guys, um, all of those things do not have to be up to par with um, disability regulations. It doesn't have to be a certain width for your wheelchair. There doesn't have to be ramps because it's not covered under ADA. Um, ADA does not require sign language to be readily available to people. Again, you're actively leaving out blind and deaf individuals Blatantly, blatantly, obviously, um, not requiring sign language to be readily available. Imagine a whole community of people that can't even listen to my podcast right now, quite frankly, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, and that makes me feel like I need to be do more to make my podcast accessible and have captions. Um, but that can't communicate with us because they have, they're, you know, they communicate with sign language. And because it's not readily available and it's not required. One thing that I've noticed, whether it's in college, undergrad, with siblings, with parents, if it's not required, it's most likely not going to get done. So if you're not requiring these things to be accessible, you're literally excluding a whole body of people. And I don't understand how people can look at the ADA and say that it's done so much when it excludes so many. Um, And... This law, in my opinion, does not care about us. The ADA does not require any measure that would cause financial or administrative burden to any business. So right there, the ADA is basically saying if it, co- if it costs you too much money or it's too much of a hassle, you don't have to accommodate or you don't have to do, do those things for your disabled employee or disabled client. How is that any way protecting and having the needs of disabled individuals in mind. If you're actively requiring that you don't have to take any measures that require financial undue or administrative burden. So basically you're saying if there's any effort required at all that they, that you don't have to do it. And it sounds preposterous, it sounds stupid, and it sounds crazy, but I've lived this. Um, when I was in Texas State, I would take the – um, I don't know if any of you have been – I know I've said this a lot, but Texas State has so many hills, valleys, and staircases, and that's where I chose to go to college for some reason. And um, I shouldn't have had to change my college choice because of the geography of the school. I chose it because of my education. But um, with that being said, I had to find the accessible routes on the campus because some of those routes and staircases I just couldn't take. there would be ramps that would be completely not like cemented into the ground. So when you held on to them for support, they would shift. There would be handicap accessible ramps that would be on the completely opposite side of the building that I needed to get onto. There would be buildings that have handicap accessible stickers. But then when you opened up the door, it led to a ledge that had a staircase beneath it. Um, so I went through a lot with Texas State University. They were not an accessible campus by any means, shape, or form. They don't cater to physical disabilities, and they just don't give a damn. Um, I I had a leg reconstructive surgery while I was going to Texas State, and I required um, the cats on carts or whatever the hell it was called. They only picked me up from class one time. You guys, 
I had my leg broken in four pieces and a titanium rod inserted in my knee and my left leg, femur and tibula. And they only picked me up from class one time. Me and my mom went to the administration building because she felt like the things that I was telling her um, couldn't be true. And there was no way that the school wasn't, you know, listening to my pleas. We had the lady in the disability office at Texas State University look me and my mother in the face and tell us that the university only has to meet the minimum requirements for the ADA law so they don't go above and beyond to meet any any others. And also that the disability funding for the school was largely left up to the student government. So if the student government didn't pay any attention to disabled needs or the disability budget for that campus, they wouldn't receive any funding at all. Again, can somebody please tell me how any of these laws, any of these systems were built with disabled individuals in mind? It wasn't. It sounds like something that they just kind of put in there just to be like, oh, let's throw this provision in there just so the disabled people won't say that we forgot about them. We are actively being ignored. We can, the unemployment rate for disabled individuals in this country is 79%. There are only 31% of people in the workforce as of 2020. I I need you guys to understand how monumental that is. There are 70% of unemployed disabled individuals in that country, and I am part of that 79%. Largely, the reasons that we're unemployed is because we have chronic illnesses or the jobs that are in the workforce and the work market don't cater to our disability, so it renders us, you know, we can't go to work, or we don't have access to transportation, we can't afford to get to work on a weekly basis. Whatever the reason, 79% of disabled individuals in the United States of America are unemployed in 2020. How can anybody hear that statistic and say that we are not the largest marginalized group in this country? 79% of us don't have a job? And we're not unemployed because we're living lavishly off the government and we're just reaping the spoils of the government money that we're receiving. Um, because as I've stated, they, they're not really giving us much, but I am grateful for the little that we are getting, I guess. Um, but it's a problem. Um, social security needs to be talked about. Securing social security needs to be spoken about. Um, changing the, changing the way that social security is structured is really important and it needs to be talked about with the disabled community because it's that system in itself that keeps a lot of us down and unable to make it out of poverty and unable to make it out of, you know, middle income, lower income, because it literally keeps us down. Um, And out of the 61 million Americans that are disabled, 13% of those disabilities are considered mobility-impairing disabilities. With 13% being mobility-impairing disabilities, wouldn't you think that the world would be a little bit more accessible than it is? Um, And I'm not just saying slapping a handicap sign on a building and calling yourself accessible. I mean having wide enough hallways for wheelchairs, having ramps in every single building, opening, and door that there is, um, having Braille, um, having people available on site, whatever company it is, to interpret and read sign language, to interpret and um, other languages as well. It's, you know, not just sign language, but for disability purposes, of course. Um, 
but there are so many things that can be done to meet the accommodations to meet accommodations for disabled people um but convenience is expensive and accessibility is not a convenience because it is too expensive and people are not corporations are not willing to spend the money that they need to to be you know accessible to accommodate those needs and according to the ADA they don't have to um so it's really we're kind of pigeonholed because there's no there's no um, constitutional support saying that these companies have to do what they did because as I've stated there's so many loopholes within the ADA but you know you know we face microaggressions and discrimination and you know what are we supposed to do when everywhere we turn unless we are already financially well off it's really hard to get a foot ahead and when it comes back to I'm going to circle back to um insurance again employer-based insurance covers less than it should dentals dental care eye care skin care chiropractor care is all separate and um whether you're able-bodied or or disabled but if you consider being disabled and your dental care your eye care your skin care and your chiropractor care is separate from your overall general health care some of those um some of those many categories may be you know, the cause of your disability. So imagine you having to go to outside sources to source where you're going to pay for your health care. A, a lot of times nowadays, and I'm not being funny at all, people are using OnlyFans to pay for their medical needs because OnlyFans has provided them with a medical solution faster than Medicaid could, faster than, um, you know, actual jobs can. It's, it's crazy to me that people are going to that length, and I fully respect and support it. Um, to, to make ends meet, just because the systems are absolutely failing us. Um, so again, our, our value as disabled people are based off of how much money we can make the government. And when you tie that into employment, that's almost nothing. It's just kind of a revolving door. A lot of us as disabled individuals, we need transportation to make it to those better paying jobs. The better paying jobs would lead to better access to housing, better access to healthcare and leisure activities. Um, and it's just a revolving door, a cycle. When you when you don't have access to one, it affects and trickles down to all the other aspects. Um, we should Our worth shouldn't be defined by how much capital we make. A lot of disabled people are first of all, are um, productive and are worth something. They shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to say that, but we are just because we don't fit into the traditional mold of what productive is. Um, a lot of times for us, you know, just getting up and cleaning our house through the day without being in excruciating pain is a lot of work. And I understand people, you know, um, really strict people would say, well, you don't need to be in the workforce then, but we want to be productive. We want to be independent and we shouldn't have to be, feel left out because the system just isn't going to bend. And it's so strict that, oh, well, uh, I don't, according to the ADA, I don't necessarily have to accommodate you. So it's just all of these factors that we have to take in. If we're not being discriminated against politically, we're being discriminated against in the job markets. We're being discriminated against in the automobile industry. We're being discriminated against in the housing industry, in the medical industry. People are letting disabled people die at alarming rates because of COVID. Because if you have a pre-existing condition, apparently you're not worth saving if you have COVID. And there's so many things that are coming to light in 2020 that have always been obvious to me, obviously, because this is the life I live as a disabled person, but people are 
bickering and um, bitching about not being able to survive off of a stimulus check, but expect disabled individuals to live off of $777 once a month. And it's just so many, so many things that need to be changed that are basic human rights, access to housing, access to transportation, access to better health care um, that we deserve, that we shouldn't have to beg, plead, and fight for, and that we are begging, pleading, and fighting for, but we're still being ignored and glossed over by able individuals that don't know what it's like to be disabled and are making these laws and provisions through the eyes of a person that has never met a disabled person in our life and don't understand the struggles that we go through. Um, so next time you see a disabled person or you let this ignorant phrase come out of your mouth that we must be so lucky that we're living off of the government or we're so lucky that we're at least getting a check. Um, our lives are very hindered and very limited and we are very, um, we are very, we're very, we're told everything that we can do in this life from the time that we're born. We're given diagnosis and doctors are told our parents what we can and can't do. Um, a lot of us are told where we can and can't go to school and we're separated from the old, from, you know, the main group of kids. A lot of us are told that we can and can't participate in sports and we can or cannot have a social life because we're different from the main group of kids. From the time we are born as disabled individuals, our rights are being taken away from us and being decided by somebody else. So it's about time in 2020 that we start picketing and standing up for ourselves and being out there in the front lines with the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement and the LGBTQ movement. We need a disabled movement. We need a grassroots disability movement because as grateful as I am for the ADA for some of the things that it's done, there are so many holes in the ADA that have allowed millions of disabled people to fall through the cracks in America. And in such a crucial election year between the dump administration and Biden, I don't understand how people are being complacent anymore about any of these issues. We're American people. We're human beings. We deserve to be heard. We deserve to have to work minimum wages and be able to afford our housing. And that goes for any American. But you add, you know, you add any of those issues onto any individual, but then add a physical or mental disability on top of that. And then add a system and a country that is designed to not care for us, to keep us out of jobs, to keep us out of um, insurance companies because we're considered a high deductible and too, um, too much of a high risk. Um, we are discriminated against in every term, whether it be politically, sociopolitically, economically, um, in the in entertainment industry. There is no disabled pop star. Um, you know, there is no disabled movie star that actively walks around with their crutches. You just don't see it. Um, you don't see famous people in their wheelchairs. You just don't see it. And that's because of American society and the way that we have been constructed to think and to think that you know, physically able-bodied individuals, no matter what color or race you are, are the normal, is the status quo, and is the way to be. And if you have a limp in the slightest, or a lazy eye in the slightest, or a hump on your back like Quasimodo, the only um, disabled representation I've ever seen uh, in Disney, um, then then you're automatically ostracized and singled out. And to be to be so ostracized and singled out, I don't understand how we don't have more rights, why people aren't paying attention to the things that we are lacking. Um, but that's because we need to speak a little louder. We need to not let up. Every single election, the disabled vote needs to be the primary vote on the ballot. 
primary people showing up should be a sea of crutches, canes, and wheelchairs because um, electoral matters are disabled matters. Humanity matters are disabled matters because we are fighting to just maintain a quality of life. So if these presidential elections are ignoring the disabled quality or the disabled aspect of life, which is healthcare, which is affordable housing, which is taking care of this gosh damn pandemic. That is is a disabled issue. All of these issues are disabled issues and they are either being glossed over or not spoken about or we are being put in the box of being lazy and being dependent on the government. We need to change that rhetoric. We need to become more aware and stop being ignorant. I can't believe that we are 11 months into 2020 and have been dealing with the pandemic for this entire year and the presidential election is this close. I have faith in good people. I have faith in in the good in the world, but man, the ignorance came out to play in this election and they have been emboldened and they have shown their asses. So the good people, the people fighting the good fight, the people fighting for civil rights, the people fighting for Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, Me Too movement, whatever your movement, it's time for us to get in the streets because the dumpers are there and they're they're in the crowd and they have their MAGA hats on and they're proud and they have their flags, but we're here too. And our rights are more important than their ignorance, and we need to stand up and let it be seen. So with that being said, I hope you all stay safe, stay informed, stay well, and I will tune in to 21st Century Cripple next week when hopefully we will know who our president is and maybe some direction of where the country is going. So with that, y'all be safe. I love you all. Um, Y'all know what it is and, you know, be safe out there and I will see you guys next week.